Welcome to Inspire My Homeschool, a series of raw and unfiltered conversations from home educators, industry professionals, and homeschool graduates. We'll be giving you helpful advice and insights on sustainable homeschooling, teaching ideas, and how to homeschool for the long haul. This podcast is hosted by My Homeschool, a homeschooling curriculum and community run by real-life homeschoolers who have successfully homeschooled their own children from kindy through to university entry. We'd love for you to stay connected with us via our blog, Facebook and Instagram. And to find out more about My Homeschool curriculum, head to myhomeschool.com. Well, hello, everybody. Today is the last of our lunchtime learning sessions. And our talk today is going to be an in hindsight interview with some veteran homeschoolers about what it's like uh, to be finished homeschooling and um, (laughs) and what you know, what things we wish we'd known back then uh, that we know now. So you might be surprised when I last did a session like this with another um, set of mums, uh, some of the things that came out were quite surprising. So firstly, uh, I'll introduce you to Belinda Letchford. Uh, Do you want to just give us a quick summary of um, how long you homeschooled and how many kids you have and where you live? Sure. Hi, everyone. Um, we live in the far north of Western Australia. We have four children who are all um, adults now, and we homeschooled around 20 years um, from prep through to year 12, and then supervised, supervised or supported, probably is a better word, some adult learning, um, remote adult learning as well. Was that okay. the only question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Annette, this is my lovely friend, Annette. We've actually known each other since we were about 17 uh, and she moved up here and all of our kids became friends. My my daughter would say that uh, Grace was, oh, if we're saying names, uh, would be her best friend, I'd say. Um, so, Annette, how about you introduce yourself? Um, I have five, or my husband and I have five kids. Louder and we've we've homeschooled probably for about 20 years the eldest two went to school for a couple of years and then gotta be louder we um pulled them out we were initially just going to homeschool them for a few years and then put them back in but it was working so well for us and we thought that um the kids were it was good for the family good for the kids so we just kept it kept doing it so and then now I've got two grandchildren, so it's a whole new world. Mm. They do grow up really quickly, although every day seems to might take feel like it's a thousand years. The the years do go quickly. Yeah. The days might take a long time, but the years <laughs> fly. That's right. That's right. Uh, and did you say you had five kids? Yep. Yeah. And and so I'm Michelle Morrow. I homeschooled for uh, 18, 19 years and I have four kids, uh, two boys, two girls, and they're all graduated now too. And um and we're all on good terms and two of them are married, but I don't have any grandchildren yet. So, okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about today, and I thought that this, we'll start with regrets, even though it's a funny place to start. We're going to start with what do you think your biggest regret is 
with homeschooling because, um, you know, we can look back and and we can, you know, with the gift of hindsight, do you have any regrets, Belinda? I don't really, um, which part of that is personality. I just kind of move on and accept my past and decisions and so forth. Um, but one of the lessons I've learned is to remember why I made the decisions when I made the decisions. And so I don't carry, I don't judge my past based on what I know now. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I did things that I would do differently, but that's different than regret. And I think we have to maybe guard our hearts that we don't sink into regret, but that we move and grow. Um, yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't know that I have regrets, but that might be just how I process, process stuff. If you asked if I made mistakes, then I would have to say yes. Um, yeah. What about I you? That, that is a brilliant answer, Belinda. I would say I would echo that. I, there were a few things that I would do differently. I would um, be more relaxed. I would, now that I go into homes where, you know, young mums are homeschooling and I see how much um, freedom or in particular ones that I'm thinking about, I'd go, wow, I think I was a bit too structured, a bit too um, measured. However, that's just my coping me mechanisms with five children, with the eldest being six. So I think I needed a fair bit of structure just to survive. But when I look at these young ones coming through that are homeschooling I go wow if I had it all again I'd probably relax it a bit and yeah I think I would do things a little bit a little bit different like not quite so structured having said that it, yeah I think the result was still great that we were homeschooled mm. it's, it's not that oh gee you wrecked your kids <laughs> by right. homeschooling it, they are so fruitful <laughs> their lives are so um rich and full and I, I i think that a large reason why that would be is because we spent so much time and they grew up happy and confident in a very safe environment so yeah, I, a few little tweaks. I'd be with you, Belinda. Yeah, I'd say the same too. I have no regrets that we homeschooled. Never for a minute. I, I often think it was the best, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Agreed. But there's certainly things I would have changed, and there's things I look back at that my kids kind of tease me for for <laughs> things that I've done, and I think, oh no, that was a bit dodgy or whatever. But um, as a whole, I, I don't have any regrets. No. And I, I don't actually think I've met, out of all the people we know, I don't actually think I've met anyone that regrets it. And even my kids don't yeah. regret it. Do your no. kids regret it? No, they love it. They love it. They loved that they had a had the chance to grow up at home. And yeah, there'd be times when they'd say, oh, I didn't like doing this or laugh at you know, ridiculous, why did we do that? But the fruit in their life now is 
is so rich and so worth it. So that's, you know, I would just, I can't encourage young mums enough that it is worth it. Although you sometimes attempted to compare yourselves to a flash school curriculum or the flash equipment that they've got at school, yeah. you know, I just, it just can't, it's only an imitation of what happens in a home and real learning. So they're only implementing an imitation of the real thing and, and you guys are doing the real thing. Okay, well, that leads me into the question where, why do you think you have no regrets? What's the, some of the biggest benefits to homeschooling? Uh, Belinda? I'd say the relationship that we have as a family and the, the memories that we were able to build with each other. And I know families who don't homeschool have the same, have memories and relationship and so forth. But for me, that was that was the thing that really, I don't know, I have, I have, when I look back, I have these really key memories and they're all about relationships. Like I remember looking out the window and my oldest was six and maybe seven and my youngest was in a nappy just kind of walking around. So there's six years between them. And... The youngest was um, playing on the swing, or the two boys were playing on the swing. And I remember thinking that they wouldn't have that relationship if we were going to school at this age because Josh, the oldest, would be at school and he'd come home at 2.30 um, tired and cranky and I would have had to wake the youngest up from his nap at 2.30 and he'd be tired and cranky and... But here they were at 12, just before lunch, playing on the swings together. And so I just have these little memories of relationship time that was our family lifestyle, and they're really precious. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? Uh, so the question was... <laughs> the, what, what are some, some of the of benefits, the you um, think? The benefits is that you can get to know your child because you're with them more than you know for many many hours so you get to know them you because you know them better than anybody else you can help them because you love them more than anybody else you are motivated to help them um that's that's a big benefit because you haven't given your children over to the government or another institution to raise them in the best hours of their day you've actually got them so you can drop little pearls of of wisdom in when or even just life skills into their life and into their worlds without um yeah, it just you can. It's a continual thing. It's a it's a continual drip feed. It's not okay. You need to have them, you know. But you pick them up and you get them home at three thirty, and you have got to get them into bed by four. Or oh, Jaylene's got to go. Oh, um, yeah, I agree. And I think another one. I agree with both of those. Another benefit that I'll say just from you know you and I uh, is that uh, there is 
an ability to control friendships. I mean, that might sound horrible to some people, but you are able to attend a lot of events with your kids in the homeschool community and you can you can set your kids up with with other families that you feel are um going to complement your family and your family values and so uh we did a lot of things together and um that that's been a a great benefit because i know who my kids are socializing with and so you don't um they're, they're not sort of gone off somewhere and you have no idea what's happening to them for six or seven hours a day and then they come home with all this sort of junk you're sort of there all the time so that you know if there was some junk added to the day you can usually pinpoint it and you can work out how to deal with it there's so many benefits but that's just yeah three okay what what would you say uh belinda would have been the biggest challenge you had when homeschooling Two come to mind, and I can't actually decide which one was the biggest. One was my husband worked away from home um, for extended periods of time on an irregular, um, like it wasn't a roster, it was just irregular as work happened. But he was away a lot of the time for primary school and most of high school, my kids. So that was a challenge, and that shaped our family a lot. Um, The other challenge was um, having some learning difficulties and uh, with your kids with my kids and having um, my having my ideals challenged because I had these ideals of how I wanted to homeschool and it didn't really work with what my kids needed I mean I found other ideals that did work um, but that was that was a challenge just to um, kind of break away from those um, pre-stereotyping ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and to really take hold of that opportunity that we have to create that individualized education and make it work for the child and make it work for the family. So those two were big challenges that um, shaped our homeschooling. What about you, Annette? What would you say? Challenges. Biggest challenge. Um, the ch- oh. time, time. Feeling like, are you going to have time to get everything done? And you know, yeah, it was the time. Can you, can you instruct them? Can you encourage them? Can you take them to the various places? Can you still, it, it, was a, it was a juggle. I felt that's why I would say in hindsight, relax. So it was, it was the time management, getting organised, then having energy reserves to be able to implement everything you wanted. So you, I think the challenge was to try and find the priorities. What are the most important? Because you cannot do everything. So 
the challenge was what am I going to do and how do I find the priorities? How do I prioritise it for, for different children? Because you've got, you know, oh, I had five, but every family's got a different situation. So how do you find the most important things and do that? Because you, you just can't do everything. Can't have a clean house. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and and everything done mm. you just you, you've got to pick and choose and pick your battles yes yes I would say probably my day-to-day -day biggest challenge was just exhaustion I was just exhausted most of the time and because of that I, I wanted to cut corners all the time and so it was hard for me to and I think it was just that expectation that I should be able to do everything um and you know you look at a blog or something and they seem to be doing everything so you think well, it's just me I'm just no. super lazy or something like that um so I think for me on a general note it would be that but it it was also on a really sort of micromanaging level it was coordinating everybody learning at the same time and so just making sure that you know I was meeting the needs of my high schooler and I was meeting the needs of, of my other daughter that was five years younger. Um, and I found that an emotional um, worry. I mean, I, I think I was getting through it and, you know, they've all worked out just fine. But at the time, you're feeling, oh, I'm not necessarily meeting their needs as well as I could. If they were at school, um, this because I have quite a bright, uh, older son, I was always worried that I wasn't managing his um, academic needs well enough. Mm. But as it turned out, he's a doctor now, so yeah. let's don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've talked about this one. How how did you set boundaries, or or how do you wish you'd done it um, to make sure that you did? make your day um manageable i mean i've just said i was exhausted all the time but i did have some strategies that i worked with like we had a an afternoon rest uh for many many years and i also worked out that i couldn't go out you know every day i had to stay home you know at least three days a week i had to be home for the whole day um what other strategies belinda did you sort of set up because i mean you were home by yourself you were kind of single parenting some of the time yeah yeah so i had a friend who i would often phone and i never realized but i would often phone her at five o'clock in the afternoon and she would say oh pete's away today or this week, and I'm saying, yeah, how do you know? And she goes, you phone me at five o'clock every day when he's away. And so having having those friends that you know um, that I could um, that supported me, even though you know they weren't homeschooling friends, so that was a big thing. Um, but I also we also had a rest every every day after lunch. We had a rest, and that was my my time. And I really, I was going to say I disciplined myself not to um, do housework, but it wasn't really hard, like craft, housework, you know. Um, I, I was able to put aside the to-do list for an hour for something that filled my soul. 
And so that's um, that was very strong habit right through. Even once they became um, in high school, we still had that rhythm, though they didn't necessarily rest. They just wanted not to interrupt me. Mm-hmm. So that was a really big thing that um, we did. We also homeschooled with the more directive learning in the morning and more exploratory in the afternoon, and they were encouraged to be um, independent because mm-hmm. um, they were pursuing the things that in their, their passions in the afternoon, project-driven stuff. And so that gave me a little... That's when I did my housework and office work and things like that was in the afternoon. So by managing my time, but taking that hour to myself every day, I think was significantly huge. Yeah, mm. I agree. Mm. What about yeah. you? What would you say? Any strategies you set up? Um, yeah, I like the idea of the um, academics or the books or the you know, concentration is required in the mornings and then definitely a rest time. And as they, as the kids got older, it wasn't sleep time. It was just quiet time by yourself, sitting on your bed. If the kids were sharing rooms at that stage, they were to take Lego or take drawing to their bed and, you know, you were, you were able to sit and, and just have a... And I found that when they came out of rest time that it was a good they were they were you know easier to play it was easier for them to play well together so everybody just needed a little bit of a break um we've got a question someone said what does nap time look like and i think that you've explained it for us it was just an hour where everybody had to do um go into their room uh and and just have some time so when i had a baby i was usually had the baby i was feeding the baby on my you know bed and i just fell asleep probably fell asleep many days for like two hours because i'd just crash um and uh when they didn't want to sleep anymore they would just take a pile of books into their room and like belinda you know when we grew out of sleeps completely there was still just time where it was like permission for me to be by myself um and not not do that but yeah all right so let's just get on to another question um okay let's talk about academics because when i was in the last session uh some of the people that i was with had more of a um felt that they didn't feel like they'd done academics as well as they could have um i know for me or i I feel pretty confident that we did our academics well but there's still things that you know gaps I suppose that they have and and they didn't go through the school system so there's definitely things they didn't do uh and one of the things that they that my oldest son said to me is he didn't feel like he learned study skills because he um you know all these kids who sort of cram for exams well we didn't really do exams so he didn't have that cramming for exams um and i just i i know belinda i was 
at at the Mum Heart Conference, your tell the story before you say about academics of your son getting the D and going back to the <clears throat> that is yeah. very funny. Yeah. So we were away and left the kids up here. Pete and I had gone away for a week or so down south, and we get a message from Josh. To he was just gutted. And um, he said, sent this message that he'd got his results back from his first assignment and it was a D. And at uni. Was, at uni, sorry, yeah. And so he was doing it externally and he was just, yeah, gutted. And so we talked to him through it and, you know, talk. <laughs> and then the next day he sent us a a message going, um, a D means distinction. <laughs> I love that. Um, so how do you feel about academics, you know, and the way you sort of um, taught them? Uh, do you have any regrets or do you sort of? Yeah, I, I have regrets about math and that's about it. Um, I feel that we got stuck into a bit of a, a, um, oh, we should use this program because it's the best. I don't know yep. who told me it was the best, but we got, you know, we invested in it and we stuck with it. And in um, by the time I got my head around, maybe math could be done differently, it was nearly too late. Um, well, that's what I told myself back then. I'm not mm. sure if I would agree with that. But overall, we put academics definitely down the pecking order of our homeschool priorities. And, and when I look back now um, and when I see where my kids are at and what they've done and what they've struggled with, I would do exactly the same um, again. And I feel that when you have a full wife, the kids are learning stuff <laughs> it's not curriculum stuff it's not listed on the curriculum it's not listed by the government but they're developing comprehension and connecting dots and I don't know all the education speak kind of words for those things but they have this sense of maturity that they can then handle the information older when they're older when they are interested in it and they have an awareness of the world and the people in it and an awareness of themselves. And um, as a Christian family, their awareness of their relationship with Jesus and their siblings and all those things were so much more important than academics. And so I, I'm, I'm pleased that we put academics down, down the list a little bit, but at the same time I felt we were responsible we were responsible to be responsible parents. We had to teach our children some academics. And so yeah. we were also diligent with the academics. It just, you know, a priority. You can only have really one priority. Um, it's a, a word game, really, when you can have more than one priority. But um, academics came down, down a bit, but it was still, it still existed. What about you? What would you say about Definitely academics? academics were important because my husband and I thought 
if anything happened to either of us or you know imagine if we were in a car accident and mum and dad died I wanted to make sure our kids were at a chronological age because my brother would have taken them on and they would have gone to school so I wanted to make sure that they could read or that they were functioning at a grade two or a grade three level even if it was just loosely it, it they didn't have to have done all the same subjects but I wanted them to feel competent in their in their academia what they were able to do but then having said that now I wasn't I wasn't like Belinda I wasn't it wasn't the highest outcome that I was looking for but in hindsight now looking back because mine are all old and they're older and all adults what homeschooling was able to do and our way or method of doing it and having them at home is if they wanted to find out something they could do it and now as adults they can and they do and they've done well at like self-teaching like not not that, that wouldn't be the word yeah, what, what is adult it adult learning i suppose adult learning they can find out it's not like i filled up a bucket of knowledge they completed this grade four grade five grade six and they could that wasn't as much of importance to me as i want them to be able to know how to go and learn i wanted them to be curious to learn i wanted them to know there was a possibility they could do things if they wanted to i wanted them so they've taught themselves musical instruments or they've taught themselves how to run a business they've they've done these things that possibly they wouldn't have done if they didn't think you can do what you want to do you've got time yeah. apply yourself diligently a lot of its character issues that you're working on not just academics so persistence determination integrity those are really big completion yes starting something finish it, it enjoy the satisfaction of doing something well excellence you know if you are doing sloppy work well no that's not going to be you're not going to get paid for that if you're in the, out in the big world you know if you do a job this is the standard we do it to or that was is it am i answering the yeah, question? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i think so that it's, could. it's it's the confidence that you as mums have that i'll i'll do the things that i know i have to do and that is to teach my children to read to apply themselves even to do things they don't want to do that's a discipline they have to do mum has to hang out the washing i have to do this i have to do that oh, i don't want to do the maths well you know sucked in <laughs> you know <laughs> you have to do some things in life that you don't want to do but at the end of the day if they have the ability to choose they will do it and as they grow up you'll be surprised that they actually have benefited from that independence not being just told okay now you've finished school um you've been in in school for six years or 12 years now go and do what you want and they go well i don't know what i want i've mm -hmm. never been as as children they've grown up knowing okay i want to learn about chess or i want to do i want to do a science experiment or i want to i want to renovate the bathroom i've got i know, I know this 15 year old homeschooler who's 
who's renovating his house, the parent's house. <laughs> I mean, what a, I, 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 I try and book him to <laughs> come and mow our lawn and look after our garden. He is extraordinary. I think that's, I mean, I think it's very important to uh, give your kids an education. I think that there are, you know, there's, a philosophy out there that sort of they'll sort of work it all out themselves and I I don't agree with that mm. I think that there's a lot of research that's gone into saying you know these primary years are so vital yeah. and so I think it's really important to give our kids a good rich education but necess not necessarily what the government's offering I don't know that that's a rich education and so I think it's really important to to expose them to great literature and and um, give them lots of opportunities um, and I think that we did do that um, you were always very good at reading you know those living books and I would always ask Michelle what's a good book I, I want to <laughs> I want my kids to be exposed to good and you were always very good with that so but, my kids but one of the things I think that I've seen in graduate homeschoolers which is amazing is how many of them either have their own business or have pursued a passion that they got while they were homeschooling and and it was like their side job has turned into their real job and so for example you know my son used to play Lego all the time and then he would make these lego movies after he'd finished his homeschooling and um and then there was a couple of homeschoolers and they'd all get together and they'd do these lego movies together and then they'd make movies together now those three boys one works for disney one works for netflix and the other one has his own uh film studio they're all getting paid well they've they've got real enviable careers and you know they are so young they're yeah. 24 years old 25 years old with these incredible careers and they got them by their hobbies i yeah. know your daughter, daughter she used to make little clothes for her dolls and she used to make um clothes for her pet rabbits and her duck and her dog and now she sews wedding gowns she she makes she's got her own business she creates these glorious gowns and she does it she's she's been able to save save up and buy a house with with the proceeds of her business and and that's why and she's only 24 isn't she yeah, yeah. she's been doing it she made she made bright um uh formal gowns for for girls that were older than her like she was 15 14 and 15 and making their year 12 gowns so it just gives them the confidence and the freedom to go and pursue their interests. But at the same stage, that's why I said, Belinda, I agree with you, getting the work done in the morning, the academic stuff that they, you know, we all have to do, we have to learn. It gives us a foundation for life. Mm. And Michelle, you did really well with all the reading and literature. I used to, I used to think that was, that was something that I would do a bit different, but um, and I would do it like you did it. Um, but having said that, my kids can read, and they they have learned so much from from books and from their own pursuing their own interests. What about you, Belinda? What do you think? How, what about pursuing their 
post homeschool life? Your kids. Um, I kind of, I have, uh, I want to share maybe a slightly different emphasis than what you guys have because um, it's easy and great to hear these big stories of how kids are succeeding in a big way. And as parents, we want, and, and society certainly puts us, puts this idea that our kids have, you know, go big or go home type of thing, and you've got to have success. And, and I see my kids as successful, but they aren't working enviable jobs at all. Well, I think it and, helps when you live in the city. Well, yeah, sure. But I think also my kids are all living in the cities now, okay. which blows my mind. But um, coming from the bush, but just to, just to kind of not to diminish your stories at all, but at all, um, but that sometimes the journey is hard to get to those jobs and sometimes it's easy and sometimes kids know what they want, like, our Josh knew he was going to uni um, right from when he was about 11. And Jess said, at 15, Jess said, uni can't teach me anything I want to know. And then Josh went to uni and he was heading to be a lawyer and circumstances happened and he goes, you know what, I actually don't want to do that. And he's now a teacher in a state school, which is ironic. <laughs> um, but, um, and then... Um, Jessica ended up going to uni for one year. Our two youngest, who were more into the arty and had significant health and learning difficulties, we didn't think would ever go to uni, and they went to uni. So the stories are all chop and change and all over the place. And, um, you know, Josh has fallen into a place where he just loves teaching and he 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 is of the caliber that people want him to be going into leadership, but he's saying, well, I actually like being in the classroom. And um, and Daniel on the other end of the family is struggling to find um, work in his chosen profession, but they're still successful. That's because true. success success comes from how you <clears throat> relate to God, how you relate to your family, how you carry yourself with character, and that includes your work. And so I think we need to hear in the homeschooling community, we need to hear that our kids struggle to get into uni, struggle to get into jobs, um, and as but they have the character to handle those disappointments and struggles. And so, you know, I think my kids are great and I'm doing well and I'm proud of them and all of that, not just because I'm their mum, yeah, yeah, but they're yeah, doing yeah. okay, you know. And, yes, and I do see the threads of their passions when they were kids. I do see those threads through their adult lives, which is very exciting. And I'm, I'm, um, it confirms that idea that we made room for their passions when they were in school or in homeschooling and they do set, that does set the, the tone for when they go get older. And so I would definitely do that again. That would be 
um, a definite repeat, you know, encourage their passions and their hobbies and give them everything they, everything you can to support those things. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, there is, I suppose we tell those stories because the world often, you know, those looking upon us are often judging us, thinking that you can't give your kids the opportunities to succeed in, you know, for example, medicine. I mean, you know, my son's a doctor. They often used to be told that he can't be a doctor because he's homeschooled. Um, and we just love that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but it, it's true. I mean, you know, when you're, and one thing for all of you homeschool mums, uh, when, and Annette and I still laugh about it now, you know, when you're in the thick of homeschooling and your life is homeschooling and you feel like you're just a mum or you're just a homeschooler or you're just this insignificant person on the planet and everybody else is doing something exciting and you're nothing <laughs> because you're just a mum. Uh, and But you are just doing the most incredible ministry to those children in such a way that it is so you are pouring out yourself to your kids and that pouring out is what is exhausting and and you don't really reap the rewards and Annette and I laugh now because we're we're over it now like we're finished and you know we would hang out a lot together when we were homeschooling and often laugh about like how pathetic we were <laughs> with our, and hoping that things would work out with our kids and and now we we both have great income jobs and um and we're back out there sort of you know uh with careers i suppose and all of those years where we felt like we were nothing weren't wasted they because we poured them into our families and even though we were poor and we didn't have all this money and we were you know having to cook for everything we would never you know, buy food at the shops because we'd Never always take cook. away. Or... Yeah, all these things. They still, in this season, it feels like it's totally fruitless. But when you get out the other end, you think, wow, you know, what I did pour into their lives, even though nobody was thanking me at the time, even though nobody's thanking you for homeschooling your kids right now, um, and, and your kids up aren't. Your, giving up an income. Yeah, and, giving up a career maybe. And, and, struggling sometimes I remember what it was like to be on one income and and it wasn't a big income back in the day and and my husband had a breakdown and then another breakdown and then some spinal injuries and it was it was tough just to just to feed and you know I remember putting groceries back at Woolies and thinking my money I don't have that much money to to buy all those foods so we'll just oh well I'll take the bananas and I'll have the apples but we'll have to leave whatever else you know and I remember those days but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have it any other way Mm. I would still continue to say my family and being with my children was more important than me getting going and getting work just so that I could what I don't know we may do with simple things my kids would 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 get excited when friends would give them um uh, hand-me-down clothes it would be day, days to dress up you know that they and 
and now they they can choose whether they want to spend their money on labeled clothes or still go off shopping they don't it doesn't matter yeah, any comments belinda no no comments okay let's just talk about um we've got 10 minutes left if anyone wants to have any questions particular questions are answered pop them in the chat now and i'll have a look and we'll talk about them but otherwise we'll sort of finish up with our last few questions uh what about socialization i mean belinda you lived on a um in a more remote place than we did we had plenty of opportunities when we were we we sort of got together on a regular basis and in newcastle there's just so many homeschoolers that you know you could go out every day so socialization was never an issue but you where you were it was, it was a little bit more isolated but do you feel certainly certainly hmm. was isolated in terms of the town um and but two things i think was one we had a homeschool community that was significant for our kids and i was pretty much the first one who started homeschooling at that time in our small town and soon others started to say you can do that oh oh i want what you what you've got you know and would start started homeschooling and so that became quite a big group of about 10 families and so that certainly became our kids' friend circle. But the thing that I, I think I noticed, once again, looking back, is being in a rural town, the, um, the kids' friends came and, go, came and went, not so much in the homeschooling circle, but broader than that. Um, people come for four to five years and then they go. And so all the time the kids are finding new friends, um, saying goodbye as as our Peter and I and so that that does take its toll but it also teaches the kids to relate to people and to give to people and I think that was probably the thing that we had was um, our mindset especially around um, church and finding friends in that circle of society or our our community was that we gave to people and as we gave to people we made connections and so I am really encouraged to see how my kids have transitioned into the city because they have those skills so and I, I think every family every homeschool family is going to address this issue and will have this very experience happening where Josh had this man he was quite forceful and really valued university and he was challenging Josh about how he was going to be prepared for university and he said and he was just like everything that Josh agreed believed this guy was had a different opinion and they were having quite good conversation and the guy goes I'm just really concerned and this was a stranger mind you this wasn't a person for you so I'm just really concerned for you that you won't you'll go to university and you won't be able to talk to people who have different opinions of you. And Josh goes, oh, I'm so frustrated. My mum's brought me up to be polite, but I just want to say, well, here we are. <laughs> and and he, he, he was very frustrated because the guy just couldn't see it. 
And it just capitalized the whole conversation. Even up here where it is remote, my kids had social skills because mm. there were people around them that they connected with. They might not have been always peers, and the kids found that hard that they didn't always have peers. Um, and that probably got harder into the high school years because the culture here is to send kids away to boarding school. So it's hard, but it's a perspective thing. And teach my kids to look out for other people is the premise for their social skills. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, I think we were very proactive in making sure our kids did have a social life and um, our kids were involved in extracurricular things. So they went to a choir and they went to a youth group. And uh, at one stage, you know, they were doing soccer and we had art classes and we did we did things to to make sure that they have friendships. But yeah, there is a definitely a fallacy out there that homeschoolers uh can't communicate with with people <laughs> I don't know why um but um even my shyest child uh had to move to Sydney and get a job there and you know work in an office and I was thinking I don't know how he's going to do it you know <laughs> and he's just fine you know so um but there's also the issue that uh, you know, there's always going to be kids, whether they go to school or homeschool, they're going to be a bit awkward socialising. And it's not the homeschooling that makes them awkward. It's it's whatever's going on there. It doesn't have to be homeschooling because, um, you know, for every, you know, weird homeschooler you meet, uh, there's probably a weird school kid that you could name as well so it's it's not necessarily homeschooling that makes you weird although my kids do think they're weird uh <laughs> but they enjoy it yeah but you used to say <laughs> that like get over it because we are a bit yeah, weird. We are a bit weird. so you, you make a bit of a joke of it yeah, yeah we're weird we're homeschooled but the kids the kids we would encourage them and say we're going to the beach today or we're going and the kids would go yeah shame to have to go to school you know imagine if you had to go to school we're having hot chocolate or we're making a cake or we're going to the shops or we're playing playing golf this afternoon <clears throat> you know so all right well there's no questions in the chat so uh i think it's 12 56 so we'll finish up now um is there any parting piece of um advice belinda that you'd like to share with you know new homeschoolers that are just coming in on the journey to to finish off what would be your last piece of parting advice i think to put your family first not your education and we've touched on that already but to really think through what that means and um to check check all your homeschooling decisions against that idea. And if your family is suffering, um, then, you know, your homeschooling ultimately will suffer because the strength of your homeschooling only rides on the coattails of the strength of your family. And so put relationship with your family and, um, and, and even above the individual child's passion, 
if if you fan, if that individual child's passion um, makes it hard and disharmony with the family unit for a season, then the family unit to me comes first. Just keep the harmony in the family. What about you, Annette? What would be your parting advice to to um, new Mums. homeschoolers? I would say. There's, I'd say it's there's a responsibility on, on you mums to live a life because your kids are picking up messages from you all day, every day. So do your best. Now, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, so I have a faith in God. So And also I, he don't, God doesn't expect me to be perfect. I just do my best. But as mums, our children are seeing us as we, we're a model to our kids. So if you want to raise children that are thoughtful and are kind and are God-fearing and are, you decide what you, then you model it to your kids. If you want to have children that that rise up and bless you well take care of your own parents like model what you're wanting because children i mean my little grandkid daughter came the other day and she went back home and she said to her mum mum you're a champion and my husband just laughed at that because he said that's what he tells her and so as mums, we have to remember that we've got little ones around who we are their chief instructor. So you decide what you want to instruct them and, and children are going to learn by what you teach them and they're going to learn by what you just do. So they catch a lot of things just by living with you. So that's where it's a heavy weight and it's a heavy responsibility to be the best version of you so that you can influence your children. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect because oh, I'm not perfect. not perfect, but I would strive to be the best version of me that I could because I knew that five little sets of eyes were watching me. So that is my relationship with my husband. Do I speak well of my husband? Do I, do I, um, run him down in front of the uh, do I argue I try to live a way that I'm going to duplicate in my children because it is so it is so scary how quickly they pick up and so try as best as you can to be the best version of you and then you'll be amazed what they pick up and what they learn from you. And you'll be horrified at the bad <laughs> things they pick up. You go, oh, my goodness, that was not meant to be. So then you just try and unscramble eggs. But do the best you can to live out of truth for yourself, out of if you're a believer, truth out of the Bible, and and then the children will model and and pick up from you because it is a huge responsibility being um, a mum. Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose my closing thoughts uh, are going to be a bit of a funny story. I absolutely 100% agree with Belinda and Annette. Uh, and the other thing I would say is that you're always going to feel 
a little bit scared when you're homeschooling because it's not traditional and there's always going to be this certain anxiety that you're doing everything different to everybody else and will it work out and so I just Annette and I talk about this story often we we were probably 10 years into our homeschool journey and we were down at Newcastle Beach and it was (laughs) you know a Tuesday or something and our kids were swimming I don't know if they were fully clothed in the water or they were just swimming and and we were sort of sitting back on the beach and my one of my sons was digging this massive hole all around the beach and there was nobody there except us and the lifesavers and um and we looked at each other and we laughed and we said gee I hope this works out this homeschooling (laughs) thing uh you know because we didn't know anyone back like there's more people now that homeschool you know we can say you know it's it works but when we were doing it we didn't know any homeschoolers that had gone gone to the gone through and so we were just sort of laughing just saying really we're taking a risk aren't we (laughs) we really thought I don't know if this is going to work out but let's hope it does you know and and that's what I want to say even though you're scared and you might feel like oh I don't know if this is going to work out you know somebody else would do a better job than me you know persist I mean obviously there are some circumstances where you know homeschooling isn't going to work but you're doing this for the children's sake and and I will say one of my kids did go to school for for four years um the one who's the doctor he went from um halfway through year seven to year ten uh and you know you're doing it for the children's sake so at those times when you just feel like you know you you can't do it just just take a deep breath and and just you know try to realign your values and and look at the reasons you chose to homeschool at the in the first place and um it's it's never going to be a perfect day you're never going to have perfect days so um and you're the best person for the job so okay all right, well, we'll yep. finish off there. Um, thanks so much, Belinda, for coming. Now, Belinda has a podcast and a website. And can, is it belindaletchford.com? That's right. Yep, yep, you'll find everything there. And so you can go to her website and she has a newsletter, Heart Focused Parenting, and um, she has some, I've heard her speak at conferences and things like that, and she's touched my heart with with many of the things that she said. So she's got some great stuff there for you. And, um, well, if you want to sell your house, uh, buy buy a house. (laughs) In Newcastle, uh, that's a, what Annette does now. She's a buyer's agent. So, what's your property? Wise, wise, wise property. Well, wise what's the what's the website? Yeah, wise wise property buyer's agent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know that you will, but we might as well give her a plug while we're here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, thanks everybody for coming, and um, you can find us more of these on um, our YouTube. Uh, my homeschool tv or our podcast uh, on spotify my homeschool podcast and uh we plan on filming some more of these but they won't be live so um we'll set up some more live sessions in the future but our next few ones won't be live so thanks for coming and uh, we'll say goodbye to you all now so bye everybody we'd love for you to stay connected with us via our blog facebook and instagram 
And to find out more about My Homeschool curriculum, head to myhomeschool.com.